This is Transistor.fm. Hey folks, before we get into the show, an announcement. We have a new sponsor, PodcastInsights.com. I'll be telling you more about them later on in the show. Hello and welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm Justin Jackson. And normally, right now, you'd be hearing my partner, co-founder, software engineer, John Buddha, but he is doing the American Thanksgiving thing. And we thought I would do a solo show where I answer your questions. And maybe next week, John can answer some of the more technical questions we got, as well as answer his version, his answer for some of the answers I'm going to give today. All right, let's get into some Patreon shoutouts. We actually got a voicemail from one of our Patreons. Let me play that for you right now. Hey, it's Adam. I am a Patreon patron of this podcast. And I wonder, do you really know how to pronounce my last name? Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So I assumed it was Adam Duvander, but now obviously it, that's not the case. I I think I've been mispronouncing it. The French Canadian in me wants to say Duvander, but Adam lives in Portland. I I don't think I don't think it's French, folks. If you think you know the correct pronunciation, or Adam, if you want to tell me, it's spelled D U V. A-N-D-E-R. Not Duvander. Um, So we'll we'll see. Let's see if I can pronounce the rest of our Patreon supporters' names correctly. We have Colin Gray, Samori Augusto, Mike Walker, Brad from Canada, Darby Frey, Kevin Markham, Adam Duvander, (laughs) Dave Junta, and PodcastInsights.com. Whew. All right. Let's get into the next voicemail. This is from Vinit Sinha. Hey, John and Justin. Love your podcast. It was interesting hearing how you became co-founders. I had a question. I was wondering how uh, you both split equity in Transistor FM. You both bring so much different things, like your network, your skills. um, But at the same time, Transistor had already a bunch uh, built and had an amazing first, first customer. I'm curious uh, to hear how you guys got into the details of the decision, uh, negotiated uh, to a place that you're both happy. Um, This seems like a question that most um, co-founders have, especially when they're bootstrapping. You know, when uh, you're getting funding from external investors, it's easy uh, because you don't necessarily have a company. It's easy to decide how co-founders should split equity. Um, But in bootstrapping, you've got something usually that you're bringing to the table. Love to hear how you guys uh, thought about it and uh, what decisions you made. Thanks. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear what John says next week. We have a 50-50 equity split, and um, we came to that decision, uh, I mean, over weeks of discussion. So again, if you haven't heard episode two, go to sas.transistor.fm slash two. You can hear how we met, uh, how we built our relationship. And, you know, we went into this knowing about each other. Um, You know, he'd been burned by partners before, um, and I was definitely aware of the risks. 
yeah, there's all sorts of different ways to split equity. I do not like the way that equity is usually split, especially in venture-funded startups. Basically, whoever uh, has the idea often gets most of the equity. And at the idea stage, I think most startups are just not worth that much. Even if you have software built, uh, until you get some customers uh, and until your product hits a market and gets real feedback from real human beings, it, yeah, it doesn't matter really what you have built. And uh, you, can, you can see this when you see people trying to sell startups. So if you go to a site like Flippa.com or Empire Flippers, there's all these online marketplaces for uh, startups. And what you'll notice are some sites sell for a couple grand and some web apps can sell for millions of dollars. And the difference between the two is traction. And so pre-traction, there's really not that much there. Uh, maybe a couple thousand dollars worth of software, even if you've invested years of your time. So you really need both. You need product and you need marketing. And it's only when you put them together that you get that full-powered Voltron, uh, something that has value. But I, I guess really, when you're in a discussion with a potential co-founder, you're going to have to figure out how to value the work you've already put in, how to value what you bring to the table. Uh, for example, I believe about 70% of our initial users came from my audience, something I've been building up for years and years and years. These are you know, relationships and things that don't just come overnight. And so we had to figure out a way of valuing that that thing that I was bringing to the table. Uh, for John and I, it came down to trust. We wanted to be able to trust each other and never feel like you know something had been held back. And we trusted each other enough that we're saying, you know, let's go into this equal partners. So we are going to share equally in all of the the benefits, any any of the great outcomes that come out of this startup, but we also assume the same amount of risk. That meant, you know, putting in equal amount of work, equal amount of cash initially. And I think it was important to both of us, um, but speaking for myself, it was important to me that we were both on equal footing. And this, I know, like, for example, Basecamp, uh, Jason Fried and DHH do not have an equal you know, equal equity. And that's something they had to work out amongst themselves. It, it really is a private thing. But I think the important piece is that you do what's right for you and for your co-founder. And so in our case, that ended up being 50-50. Maybe that doesn't work for you and your situation. Maybe that doesn't seem like a good split. But for us, that's what felt fair. And it also felt like the best way for us ultimately getting what we wanted, which is we want this thing to provide uh, at least a full-time income for both of us. And if we are both working as hard as we can to get to that goal, that seemed like a more efficient way to negotiate the partnership than you know, saying, well, you only get 30% and I get 70%. And then 
you know, in the back of the other person's mind, they're thinking, okay, well, I guess I only give 30% of the effort as we work towards this goal. It's just, it just makes things more convoluted. But when things are split evenly, uh, that, that workload balance feels a little bit more even. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> Check back next week. Maybe John will have a different response. All right, so let's get into these next questions. And these all had to do with starting a podcast, running a podcast, tips for creating a podcast. And this is a perfect time to highlight our new sponsor, podcastinsights.com. Please, folks, write that down. Go and visit the site later because if you have questions about podcasting, this is the place you need to go. They have tons of guides on topics like where to submit your podcast, a podcast starter kit for in terms of gear, podcast hosting reviews. There's one for Transistor coming out soon. How to monetize your podcast, podcast equipment, podcast industry stats, podcast editing and production companies. They have millions of readers that are reading these guides and learning how to start and grow and monetize a podcast. We get these questions all day in our support forums. All you need to do is go to podcastinsights.com. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring the show and paying for all of our editing. All right, so here is the next question from Gavin. So I have a question about starting a podcast. If I was to start a podcast tomorrow, what are the steps that I need to take? Obviously, signing up for Transistor FM is the first step. But what else would you say is a preliminary steps I need to take? iTunes, cover art, sort of give me the rundown of all the different things that you think that someone starting a podcast should really put on their little checklist. All right. Right off the top, I'm going to give you three resources. Uh, first is a blog post I wrote called How to Create a Podcast and Submit It to iTunes. That's in the show notes. Second is a live stream I did where I just, from start to finish, create a podcast, do cover art, all of that stuff. That will also be in the show notes. And third, podcastinsights.com. This is their bread and butter. But let me give you a few things. First of all, choose your topic. The most important step for a new podcaster isn't buying the right gear, choosing the right platform, or even finding guests. Before you do anything else, you need to pick a topic. And you're really trying to answer two main questions. Who is this podcast for? And second, what is it for? So for example, this show is for people starting a software business in 2018. Its purpose, the what it's for, is to share our journey and help other founders navigate the startup stage. All right, so that's really important. Before you, you get too excited, let's figure out who the show is for and what it's for. What difference is this going to make in the world? Next, do your research. It's not enough to just pick a topic. To really stand out, you'll need to ask yourself, what unique perspective can I bring to the subject? What hasn't been done before? How can I stand out? And a good tool for doing podcast research is Chartable. That's also in the show notes. You can use it to browse the different podcast categories and see what types of shows are ranking highly. And the benefit is you can see, okay, what kinds of shows get popular? That's one. But the second is to identify any gaps, you know, what are some opportunities for shows that might not exist yet? What are some opportunities for a new take or a new slant? Uh, the other thing you can do is look for categories where there are shows 
that are still popular but have not been updated in months or years because you may be able to create a new show and fill that space, right? So definitely figure that out. Next, you want to start practicing. So don't run out and buy a bunch of gear yet. You're, you're not ready for the expensive gear. Just take out your phone. It's in your pocket right now. Flip on the recorder, you know, voice memos or whatever app you have on your phone and just start recording yourself speaking into a microphone. You could try, you know, practicing. Choose a topic you like to talk about and then write an outline, five, ten bullet points, and then record a short episode and try to be compelling and interesting about a topic for even five minutes and just repeat that step over and over again. The idea is to start small. It's easy to fall into the trap of buying equipment, but having all that gear will delude you into feeling like you've already arrived. Podcasting is about creating compelling audio, and if you've never recorded your voice before, you're going to need a lot of practice. Now, once you've practiced, once you've played some clips for your family and your cat and your friends, and they're saying, okay, this is okay, you know, maybe you can look at doing this, now you can go out and buy some gear. Uh, my starter pack that I recommend uh, is the ATR2100 USB microphone for, uh, it, it's usually like 50 bucks on Amazon. Uh, a pop filter, uh, that's actually the setup I'm using right now, just that same mic and a pop filter. Uh, some good headphones, uh, Sennheiser's 202s are good, and then some basic editing software. Uh, I use ScreenFlow, which is actually video editing software but you can use GarageBand or Audacity. That whole setup should cost you under $100. Uh, there's also some other gear guides I've linked to in the show notes. And then you will need podcast hosting. That's where Transistor comes in. Uh, it'll provide two things, a website, a homepage for your podcast in the RSS feed, and a place to host your audio files. So when I first started podcasting back in 2012, I used, um, I hosted it myself using WordPress and then put the files on Amazon S3 and I thought it would save me money and I was wrong. I ended up spending 20 to $30 per month on AWS bills. So it turns out bandwidth is expensive. That's why we started Transistor.fm. We manage all of that for you starting at $19 per month. For creating cover art, I have two tips. Uh, first, just take a screenshot of iTunes and then cut out a square where you'll put your cover art and just practice putting different, you know, thumbnails in there for your show and see which ones stand out from the crowd. And you can create cover art fairly easily using something like canva.com. There's also snappa.com. And those will allow you to create cover art uh, without needing Photoshop or, or something like that. And finally, when you do submit to iTunes, now some folks think that all of this submission happens automatically, but then they will own that property on that platform. So if you get someone else to submit to iTunes for you, you won't be able to see any of iTunes analytics. You won't be able to change your feed later on. So we recommend that you submit it yourself I will have a guide for that in the show notes as well. Hopefully that's been helpful. If you have more questions about that, feel free to reach out to us. 
All right, so next up we have a question from Alex, who is a Transistor user. Hi there, I'm Alex Bass from Cyberbytes Inc. I started a podcast earlier this year around January called Analysis Paralysis, and when I first started, it was just myself, and then it very quickly turned into interviewing and talking to others. And one of the things that I've kind of run into is when you record a conversation, typically that might run an hour, hour and a half, even two hours sometimes, because that's where things really start getting interesting. But I've noticed that a lot of the most highly produced podcasts are around that you know, 15 to 30 minute area. Do you think it would be sacrificing the content by chopping it down or somehow condensing the conversation? Because I really feel like to build that rapport of the new person that you're talking to, you really need to kind of build that up. So I'm a little bit stuck. Should I kind of stick to what I'm used to doing and what works well? Or should I instead kind of change the formatting to what I'm typically seeing in the podcast area? Thanks so much. All right. This is such a great question. Gavin also asked a similar question. So I'm going to give you a few ideas here. The first thing is, this is one of the reasons we allow folks to create multiple shows on one account for one price on Transistor, because I think the future of podcasting is going to be giving the listener the format they want. Some folks Love the one-hour, two-hour shows. Uh, Lately, I've been listening to Hardcore History. Those episodes are like two hours each, and I will listen to them front to back, not even speeding it up. I just love that show. Long form. So there is a place for really long shows. However, you're right. There's also a lot of listeners who want that podcast to listen to in their commute, and the average commute is like 30, 35 minutes, I think. So that's why you see a lot of shows in that kind of time frame. And finally, there's also folks that just want a really short podcast, five to 10 minutes. And I think there's a place for all three. And if you have the bandwidth to do it, I recommend editing three different versions of your show. So you have the long form feed, you have the medium form feed, and then you have the short form feed. And it's really the same podcast, but cut into different lengths. Authors like Jason Fried and Seth Godin and others have said, you know, there's a place for a book, there's a place for a blog post, and there's a place for a tweet. And often it's the same topic that authors will cover, but they are doing it in different form factors. Have the almost unedited long form version for those folks that want that. Have the, you know, edited 20 to 30 to 40 minute show uh, that is shorter and just really hits on maybe three big points. And then have the five to 10 minute show that maybe just hits on one element that you want people to know the most important summary of that big conversation. Now, a good example of this in the YouTube world is off camera. Go to offcamera.com, but also search them up on YouTube. What the host, Sam Jones, will do is interview all sorts of different celebrities. And if you want to watch just little clips from those interviews, you can do that for free on YouTube. And they're usually four to five minutes long. But if you want the full interview, you have to go to the website and pay. I think it's a few dollars to watch the entire thing. And so you could experiment with this. Maybe your content and these interviews are so compelling that folks might pay, for example, to join your Patreon to get 
the long form interviews and the free podcast feed is only the medium form or maybe even the tiny little clips, the five minute clips from those longer interviews. So that's something to keep in mind. I hope that's helpful. And I am out of time for today. I've got to go pick up my kids from school. If you have a question, you can reach out to us, transistor.fm slash voicemail. Thanks again to our sponsor, podcastinsights.com. Please reach out to them. Tell them that we sent you. Next week, we'll be back with another show. Uh, That might just be John answering questions, or it might be both of us together. And again, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, at TransistorFM. I'll see you then. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.